Today, I would like to address a few questions that literally I have as I was watching a presentation on Fox Nation with uh, Tucker Carlson. I was interested because he did an interview with a Catholic priest who is an exorcist. Now, right away when I say that, what comes to your mind? I watched part of it, and as I did, my mind kept racing to the Word of God and to thinking through what I was watching. The priest is a very nice man that he interviewed. He's, he's actually kind of funny. And I'll tell you, a little bit of humor in this area is, is helpful. I know that personally. But when I watch this, I'm thinking, what do Protestants... I don't like the term Protestants. I'm not protesting anything, but that's uh, kind of the catch-all category for those who are not Catholic. What do Protestants uh, really believe? Let me just go ahead and give you some of the questions that came to my mind. It seems like this is the area that is exclusively the Roman Catholic Church. They, They have priests who are literally called exorcists, and apparently they're looking for more and more because they're getting a lot of cases of people that think they're demonized or under demonic uh, possession. This seems to be, to the public at large, where you need to go if you think you're really dealing with heavy-duty demonic forces. Now, that's not the truth, but I think that's probably the perception a lot of people have because most of the Things that you'll see in the media have to do with a Catholic priest addressing this area. But let me begin by sharing with you the words of a man who uh, is esteemed as uh, kind of the pastor's pastor. And he's now in his, I think, late 80s. And his name is Dr. Chuck Charles R. Swindoll. And he's at the Stonebriar Church in Frisco, a great church. And he preaches uh, most Sundays there. And he continues to have a wonderful ministry. But a number of years ago, Chuck wrote a book entitled Stress Fractures, some titled Biblical Splints for Everyday Pressures. Now, this was written as I can, best I can tell. Multnomah published it originally. I think it may have been picked up by another publisher since. This was written in 1990. And he was talking about the stress of life then. <laughs> well, let me tell you, this book is as needed today as ever. But he has one chapter under the title of Demonization. Now, I'm going to read an extended portion, but the way Chuck writes, it's something that really just comes through. So here's what he wrote. There are some stresses that go beyond the realm of the, quote, natural, end quote. There are some pressures that cannot be explained in mere emotional or psychological terms. I'm speaking of intense spiritual pressures that can assault both non-Christians and Christians alike. People in the world may try to laugh it off, and people on the liberal fringes of Christendom may scoff or seek to explain it away. But demonism is neither funny nor phony. Well, that's a great line. It is real, Swindoll continuing. It is real. It is, in fact, as serious and significant a subject as can ever be considered. But strangely, it remains one of those unmentionables, almost like, let's not talk about it and maybe it'll go away. We Christians avoid it like the plague, and when we do discuss it, our comments fall somewhere between traditional superstition and downright ignorance. That indictment, then, it was totally legitimate, totally accurate. I do think it's changing because we look at our world, and we see our world at this point is is demonstrating the reality of demonic deception. Let me continue a little bit more. Again, this is the Intro to the chapter on demonization by Chuck Swindoll, he said, Even though we have ignored it, the world has exploited it. 
by twisting the truth and pushing the hot buttons of human curiosity and gross sensuality, slick promoters have turned it into a money-making extravaganza, a weird sideshow, attraction with all the crowd-pleasing gimmicks. And the devil, yes, there is a devil, my friend, could not be happier. The last thing he wants is to have his presence and his strategy exposed. Although brief, this chapter is an attempt to draw back the thick veil of fear and uncertainty about our adversary. Christians need to be informed of the truth, that we have the victory, that we, have more, that we are more than conquerors rather than helpless victims when it comes to dealing with Satan and his demons. And it's an excellent chapter, an excellent overview, and Chuck talks about helping people find freedom from the snares of the enemy. It's a, it's a great chapter. Again, the title of the book is Stress Fractures. I think it's on page uh, approximately 190 it starts. Great chapter from a man who has been used mightily of the Lord. So let's come back. The Tucker Carlson interview, I may eventually share some clips. I don't know that I can do it today, but I'm going to tell you my concerns up front. My biggest concern is that when we explore this area, by the way, it's kind of interesting to see how Tucker Carlson responds he calls himself a Protestant. Having watched a number of things he has done, I wonder where he is spiritually. I appreciate the fact that he does have some people on that are really quite solid. Shannon Bream, who is part of that network. But I also especially appreciate when he has on Jason Whitlock. Have you heard Jason Whitlock? He does a commentary at times in response to questions from Tucker Carlson. But Jason Whitlock almost repeatedly goes, Tucker, I, I got to say it. I've said it before. This is satanic. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. And Jason Whitlock does. But one of the reasons I'm hesitant is that what the enemy, I think, wants to do is have his shot through with fear. And so in the interview with Tucker Carlson, this priest, I'm sorry I don't have his name handy, this priest talked about his first exposure to this, and it was a case in which you know, some real bizarre things took place. And, and they do. They do take place. I've seen a number of them. And yes, when you first see this kind of thing, you go, whoa, wait a minute. The spirit world is real, isn't it? I, I said I believed it, but now I've seen it. I really believe it. And so in the case of this interview that he did, I, I watched a part of it. I'm going to watch the rest uh, soon. But we have to be careful in that when we begin to classify demonic activity as these extremes where someone appears to be dominated by demonic forces, you stop and you go, you know, I don't want to go anywhere near this. Well, well the reality is Satan is called, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world who blinds the minds of the unbelieving. And even Jesus, when Satan tempted him with things from this world for Jesus to not fulfill his mission of going to the cross, you remember what Satan was able to offer Jesus. You know, for a time, Satan is the God of this world. Now, what does that mean? He's limited, totally limited by the sovereignty of the one true and living God who made all this. But Satan, he invaded planet Earth. He tripped up Adam and Eve, caused them to sin, invited them to sin, tempted them to sin. And we have this mess in our world because of that. And it's gotten more and more intense. And so behind the scenes, what is going on is there are spiritual forces at work. 
Now, go to the last couple chapters of the Bible and read about when Jesus returns, because one of the first things that happen happens is that Satan is chained. Another angel comes along and chains Satan, and it says, so he will not deceive the nations any longer. Now, if he's deceiving the nations, then think about how he's doing that. The amount of, well, his demonic network, what it takes, the, the infiltration of, of human thinking, the culture, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it in our day, aren't we? Now, one of the questions that I think a lot of people would naturally have, and, and rightly so, and that is, well, it seems like this is just uh, something that's uh, the bastion of the Christian church, the, the exorcist, and they, the, these priests do this. And Well, you know what? If you're a Christian, you're a believer priest. You have full access to the Lord. You don't need somebody else stepping in uh, to, to help you communicate with the Lord. No, you are fully equipped because you're a believer priest. Now, one person might say, but wait a minute, Roman Catholicism has a very different view of, of a number of things because they embrace tradition and the like, but in salvation even, that they believe you have to somehow do something, do a number of things to earn salvation. You've got to be baptized, you've got to take the sacraments, you've got to make sure you don't die and have a mortal sin in your life. So uh, this is what we would say is not biblically accurate by any means. So how is it that a priest is able to do this? Well, let's keep a couple of things in mind. We know that the enemy is a deceiver. And so when we go to Matthew chapter 7, and verse 21, here's what we read. Not everyone who says to me, and boy, this is a sobering passage. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. By the will of the Father is that we would trust in his Son that he has sent that we might have eternal life. Trust totally in what he did on the cross. That's the will of the Father. The ultimate will of the Father is to come to his Son. But then Jesus went on and said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, there are going to be people professing him as Lord, but they're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? I'd like to suggest to you that they had a faulty view of salvation that they were trusting in something they did, that they had to contribute to what the, the Lord did on the cross. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The will of the Father is that we trust totally in the sacrifice of the cross, the shed blood of his Son, that we trust totally in, in that, and in no way can we contribute anything to our salvation. And so then he says, on that day, when people come under judgment, on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Did mighty works in your name? So in other words, it's possible for people to go out and do things in the name of the Lord and appear to cast out demons. And, and maybe they actually they do at some level, but they don't know him. And then Jesus says this, the next verse, and then will I declare to them, those who appear to be for real, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So let me quickly say a couple of things. Number one, there are people in the Catholic Church. My Aunt Betty just went home, and I think she went home to the Lord. I had conversations with her. Devout Catholic, played the organ at various services. She's in her 90s. She showed evidence to me, and in conversations, and in, in, really seem to embrace biblical truth. I, I think she's in heaven. And so there are probably some Catholic priests who are exorcists 
who really do know the Lord. But let's keep in mind, there are going to be a lot of people with religious trappings. They may be Baptists, they could be Presbyterians, they could be Episcopalians, they'll be Catholics, who think they're doing God's work, but they're not. And that he's going to say, I never knew you, depart from me. Now, that's something that's incredibly sobering. Make sure you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. If you think you can contribute anything to your salvation, I want to say to you, you are in spiritual jeopardy. It's total trust. Faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. And to think otherwise is to be deceived by the great deceiver, the devil himself.